0: Thank you for listening to the sermon audio podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. Now, here's a message from our senior pastor, Brian Bond. All right, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Y'all are way more awake than that 8:30 service. I'm going to tell you that right now. Although it's not a real high bar, so don't get too excited. But um, how's everybody doing in their New Year's resolution so far? <laughs> I'm sticking, I had one last year, and I was very successful, and that was drink, no coffee. So I'm staying with that again this year. Um, Stick with the Mountain Dew, no coffee for me. I don't like coffee, y'all probably knew that. (laughs) All right, well, we're going to talk about two things. We're going to kind of go back and look at 2021 a little bit, and then also um, look ahead to the next year and beyond. Um, You know, it's been a weird few years. And I know you know that, but if if as I really look at them, I see where there were um, really some blessings for us as a church, and uh, I hope there were, and I know there were for some of you too. And so we're going to um, look at some of those things. One of the things that that um, I saw the most, maybe, and as I really kind of thought about, what do I value? What do I look at? You know, everybody looks at this time of year about. Um, You know, I want to do this, I'm going to set this goal, and and those are fine, those can be good. But really the main thing to, um, no matter what goal you set, and no matter what it is that you're wanting to get better at, there's one word that is crucial to that happening, and that word is is faithfulness. Um, It doesn't matter what you say you want to get, you you know, you want to lose weight, or you want to you know, get stronger, you want to do this, be, be better at this at your company, it takes faithfulness. And that means every day getting up and doing it. And that's uh, really as, as a believer and as a pastor of a church, one of the things that I have most treasured about our church is the faithfulness that you have and that our staff has. And that's one of the um, things that I really treasure going forward and that are that's crucial for us to be able to um, be the kind of church that God wants us to be in the future and so we're going to start out in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 23 and kind of look at a few areas um, where I, You know, we've been faithful and where we need to be faithful in the future And uh, if you please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word, Galatians five twenty-two through 23 it Says but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace patience Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, and the the Bible also tells us about the value, and and that's where I feel like our church has excelled in in some ways, is that we've been faithful in our unity as a church. And you know, over the last couple of years, there have been, as, you know, I'm not going to get into all the different things, but there have been a lot of kind of unforeseen things that have occurred in our country and our world that people weren't prepared for. And at first we were just kind of all caught off guard. And as they've gone farther down the road, um, I wouldn't say we're caught off guard anymore. And whenever you get five Parker Countyans in a room, you have 12 different opinions. So now we all have our opinions about how this or that or whatever ought to be. And, and that's good, and some people believe this, some people believe that, but one of the things that I'm most thankful for as a church is that we've been able to to disagree about things at times, but maintain our unity and our love for each other and our love for the Lord, and that's, that is a crucial part of any church, and you know, I want to, one of the things I want to tell you that I'm most thankful about when it comes to unity is the unity of our staff, and you know, we have some people, um, some staff members that have been here for um, n- numerous years. You know, there's Brandon, John, Sonny, um, Austin, Tina Jackson, and, you know, Justin. And those are some, of, I'm just, I know there are others that maybe haven't been here quite as long. and they're, But those, that, that group of folks, um, I really believe one of the reasons we're able to do what we are as a church is because of the unity that we have as a staff, and it comes from those folks in particular. And unity is not does not mean you agree all, on things all the time. We do not agree on things all the time. But we end up being unified because we all want the same thing. And one of the things I've I loved about them is that if somebody comes in and we've messed up, is somebody, you know, they'll just out, There's no arguing, there's no people trying to cover it up. They just say, hey, I blew it. And then we figure out how to fix it and we move forward. We don't have to spend time arguing about whose fault it was. Everybody's willing to admit it. And someday when I'm at fault, I will admit it too. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't have to because they let me know when it's my fault. No, actually I value that too. But the main, the, the, the best, honestly the best thing about our staff, and there's a lot of talented people on there but the very best thing about them, and one of the reasons why I believe we've been able to do what we've done as a church is because of the depth and the content of their character. And there are those folks that I name. there are some high character individuals, and they are what um, ha, has allowed me to pastor the way that I do, and they are what has been allowed us as a church um, to move forward and, and to do what we've been able to do. And I, I really appreciate um, what they bring to our church and and just who they are as men and women and who they are to me personally, so that that 's a key and if you really want to know you know you, you want to see your goals come to fruition it, it become the right become the person God wants you to be you know it 's simple so many things we make uh, way more complicated than they have to be well, how do you, you know how do you find the right person you know to marry well let me tell you how you find the right person to marry. Be the kind of person that the person you want to marry wants to marry. It's really that simple. Work on your own character. Work on being where God wants you to be. Work on being the kind of person. Sometimes people are like, oh, this is the kind of person I want. I'm like, dude, there ain't no way that kind of person would marry you. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You want to be, you want to, you want to reach that? Be that kind of person. It, it really, it all starts with who you are, and that translates to what you do. And so that's, we get it backwards sometimes. We think, well, if we do these things and we'll get these results, be this kind of person. And then watch what God does with it. Second thing is we've been faithful in fellowship. And fellowship is a huge part of a church. And you know what? There, one of the things that we did um, when the whole COVID thing started and we were shut down by the state for a period of time, um, One of the things that we did was we really improved and worked on making our online services better, and I'm proud of that. And you know what? Here's something that um, most churches that we've, that uh, around our convention, have only gotten back to about 50 or 60% of their previous attendance. And uh, that's just the reality of it. We've gotten back to 90%, plus we now have an average of over 300 people a week that attend our online services so if you combine those two together we're about 25% ahead of where we were before 30 yeah 30% actually ahead of where we were before and I'm excited about that and that's something we're going to continue but one of the things that I learned during that time was how hard it was not gathering together with God's people every week you know it, it really was an eye-opener to me about how much I missed just being in the same building with other believers. You know, for a while, when we were shut down, we would come in here, Brandon would get up and lead worship, and there wouldn't be nobody out there. And then I would preach, and there was nobody out there. And let me tell you something, that is not fun. Um, you know, sometimes, now the, the, the positive was, you know, when I tell a joke, and hearing you all don't laugh, I'm like, oh, I guess that wasn't funny. But when I did online, I couldn't tell, so I thought they were all funny. So, you know, at least I had that going for me. But, man, it, it was rough. And, and it really bothered me over a period of time not seeing and being around other believers that I was used to being around. You know, one of the things I missed the most was that, that time of fellowship on Wednesday nights, you know, before and after small groups. And I recognized how much I missed that time of fellowship. And 2 Timothy 2.22 says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteousness, living, righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Now, I wanna make something clear. There were people at that time, and there still are times when people need to take a break from services, or maybe there's a health issue in their family where they need to, to, to be online instead of here in person. Hey, we totally understand that, and we support that. And we wanna help you any way that we can. But I also believe there is great value in in being together with others and enjoying that fellowship with other believers. So those are two things that were, they're not mutually exclusive. We're going to continue to try to reach people online. I mean, one of the things, it was the most fun things um, I've ever done was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were able to, a a friend of ours who, um, she's a friend now, but she, Attended our services online to in Britain. She came here and we baptized her here um, When she came over for a visit a couple of weeks ago, and that was awesome. Hi Sammy by the way She's probably she's watching today in Britain. So um, And and now we have you know now we're a multi-nation location church. So anyway, you know <laughs> Just kidding, but not really. But anyway, I mean that was awesome to be able to do that but we also had to be faithful to the gathering together I mean, that's an important part of who we are and what we are as a church. Now, one of the things that I've known about this for several days and kind of gotten all my figures together and all that, and I'm just going to admit, it has totally and absolutely blown me away. Last year, we set a budget increase for, it was about 10% over uh, the year before, and We weren't certain how this year was gonna go. Matter of fact, there were a lot of, we're not really sure how things are, you know, the economy or whatever. But we've ended up, now some of these, you know, these aren't maybe down to the penny, but they're really, really close. But I want want you guys to know that uh, our giving this past year, we took in $321,000 more than our budget. $321,000 Three hundred twenty-one thousand dollars more. Now, that's for God. That's for Him, and I'm going to tell you why. Here's what David said: There was a place where they were bringing in offerings for the temple, and here's the prayer that he gave. In First Chronicles twenty-nine nine through fourteen, the people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on the earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Listen to this part. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. So I'm not telling you that. Hey, applause was completely appropriate. But that wasn't for me, and it really wasn't even for us. That was for him. That was for God. And the thing that excites me the most about that is knowing that you've been faithful in giving to the church and being faithful that God's been faithful back to you. Because you know what? It's the only command that comes with a promise. One of only two. One talks about honoring your father and mother and it will be well for you in the land. And the other one says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse of God, God says, and see if I don't open up doorways and windows of blessing for you. And so God is blessing you as his people. Because of your faithfulness. And that's exciting for me. Now, if y'all, if y'all are here on a regular basis, you know, I don't talk about money that much. Matter of fact, you know, my staff's like, hey, you haven't talked about money in like a year. And I'm like, okay, I guess I need to do that. I just don't, I don't think about it that often in those terms. But here's what it can do. It, it shows how a church is maturing and how a church is being faithful. And I've never been a part of a church that gave 16, 17% over their budget in one year, ever. And I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now. I've never seen anything like this year. Now, not only that, but one of the things that you, when you have a budget, you, re- you never spend the whole budget. You know, you, you just don't. And so here's where we ended up with it. And this, this is going to be, you know, there may be a few more bills coming in, a few more checks. Our overages this year, we've given $320,000 over budget, but our overages are going to be between four hundred fifty dollars and $500,000. And here's the deal it kind of hit me when I found that out. And it wasn't like, oh, we're going to have big Because it, it, it's not, y'all have been blessed because you gave. But as a church that's a responsibility for us to be a good steward of that. Now, I'm going to go back to a couple of things here because here's kind of where I see us going in the future. And and one of the things, one of the, the reason why I'm so excited about that is for this reason. We built this building, you know, everything I, the sanctuary was here when I got here and it was built with foresight. Okay, when I when I started here they had 125 people average coming. So it was not I mean we had there were less pews in here, they were more spread out so it looked a little more fuller, fullerish, but they built a sanctuary that was way bigger than they needed. And that was one service, 125. Okay? There's more than that in here and this isn't even a, a a a big day for us, you know, as far as that goes. So they had the foresight to big builder big, big Build bigger, build bigger. Uh, I need a mountain dude. <laughs> they had the foresight to do something. And this is what drew me to this church initially was that they were already preparing for the people that weren't here. Okay? That is crucial for a church. Is it a big part of your plans and a big part of your ch- of your future involves people that aren't here yet? You're here because of the blessing and the prayers and the sacrifice of people that came before you, that prayed for you and sacrificed for you before you even got here. And part of our legacy down the road is going to be to build and to pray and to reach out to those who aren't here yet. So they not only built this bigger, but they also built it to have a second floor in it. And so all this up here, even though it would have been cheaper at the time to use metal studs and all that is all done in wood. And the reason it's done in wood is that all this can be wiped out and so the second floor can be put in here. And so, four years ago when we had all the new child, the new uh, preschool space and all that foyer and those areas out there done, we also had a plan to put a second floor in this and to build a new sanctuary. And after we built that, you know, we our debt was uh, $2.4 million, I believe, and then We had an opportunity to buy 10 acres across the street, which when you're a church and land comes available around you, you buy it. That's just, it doesn't come available that often. That, That, I've been here nearly 20 years, and that's the only piece of property that has come available around us during that time. So we bought it. So I'm not sure exactly what our debt was, but it was more than the original thing. Well, we've been very aggressive in paying it down. And people ask, what's the trigger to be able to start the new sanctuary? And I'm like, man, that's a ways down the road. staff's asked me, I'm like, you know, that's years. But here's the deal. We're down to $1.8 million now. With $500,000 overage or somewhere in line, we also have 200000 in the building fund. We could put a big, knock a big hunk off that debt in, right now. And so I'm going to be meeting with the finance team to find out what they feel like would be a prudent amount to knock that debt down. See, here's the deal. Here's what I believe we can do. If we have one more year given like we had this year, this time next year, we're going to be setting a date to break ground on a sanctuary. On the new sanctuary. All right? When we do that, then we're going to come in here and we're going to make the second floor in here. We're going to have children's space, youth space. We're going to have some premium space for all our kids. Now, we have done very well with space. How many of y'all have taken your kids into the, into the children's building, the one that's not, that's not connected, but right across the hallway, anybody? If you walked out there this morning, oh my gosh, that was like a vortex of icy air coming through there, wasn't it? I walked on the building, and I'm like Whoa! Anyway, that meant, that's nothing about anything. But if you walked in that building, it looks pretty cool. I mean, we've done pretty well with the space. Do you know, how many, how many of y'all, well, don't say it out loud, how many of y'all know what that building was originally? Okay, there's one. Let me tell you what that building was. That building was built back in 1941. It was built on a training grounds for Army trainees over near Mineral Wells. They had a few camps over there where they trained. Now, now the... Um, the fort there, Fort Walters was the big one, but they had some other ones that were around. And that was a barracks that was built to house soldiers. And then after World War II was over, then they allowed people, if they wanted to, to come in and take those buildings out, and they reverted back to what it was. So that is a World War II military barracks where our kids are at over there. That's what that building is. Now, we've, we then prettied it up. We made it look good. We made it kid-friendly. But how awesome would it be to be able to put our kids in a space where they had all kinds of room to grow and that was built and designed specifically for them? That is within our reach at this point. And so that's because of your faithfulness. And that's part of us building for people that aren't here yet. Now, we're starting to get crowded in some of those areas over there. And we got three services, so it makes it a little better. I'm just going to... I'm ready for two services, people. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm ready for just two services. Now, we'd probably do two anyway because that's flexible for folks. It allows people to go to one and serve one. But I'm ready, ready for just two. I mean, hey, I'll do three as long as we have to. But Brandon, would it not be awesome? It would be, it would be. I'm just going to, here's the truth. Sometimes in that third service, I'm like, I've already said this before, and I'm looking around to see if people are laughing at me. Because your mind plays some tricks on you. After you've done this like three times, it'll play some tricks. And my mind is not as sharp at catching the tricks as it used to be in earlier days. So, here's, that's part of what I I wanted you to see. We're going to put up some pictures in in the weeks ahead, um, drawings of what that building will look like. I'm not asking you to do anything different. I'm just telling you, Keep being faithful as you have been, and we can get there, okay? That's what I'm saying. So you've been faithful in giving. You saw how God was faithful and gracious to you during that time. Continue to be faithful. The biggest thing that I'm excited about is that we baptized over 120 people in 2021. And not only that, we saw over 150 who made... Decisions to accept Christ. And so we still have a list of folks that we're we're looking to move towards baptism in the next few months. And don't let the cold water, cold air scare you. We got heaters. We heat the water. It's warm. It'd be all right. So don't let that, you know, the three weeks a year where it's cold here. So we're excited about that. Man, y'all, I don't get y'all hard. 120 people got baptized here last year. All right. God's good. Now, do you know there were 10,000 churches just in our convention last year that didn't baptize one single person? Not one. Do you, do you know they, that there have been several times, we don't say much about this because we're not, we, we like to brag on God. Okay? And God did all this, but there have been several times we've won awards in the Southern Baptist Convention or in the state convention because we baptize more than churches, sometimes a lot bigger than us, okay? Because we're committed, and have been faithful to the gospel. And that, to me, is the biggest reason why God has blessed us as a church. Is there's two or three things. It takes integrity, it takes people of character. We have that, our staff has it. Um, Our lay leadership has it, the people that, that lead you. They have that kind of character. It takes a faithfulness to the gospel, to the mission. Because it's easy to just focus on each other. Hey, what do you want? I don't care. What do you want? And not worry about people that are out there. There's, you know, in churches it's called the us for no more syndrome. Well, man, we got our little group. We, you know, when we go out to eat, it doesn't take us long to get a table because we got this little group. Whatever. It's not thinking about people that aren't here yet. We've been faithful as a church and it happened before I got here even to think about people that aren't here yet and we're going to continue to do that. And that means being faithful to the message, being faithful to the gospel. John thirteen sixteen through 17 says this. It says, I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. God's the one who sent the message. He's the one that's important. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. God will bless you for doing them. Our church has been and has maintained a commitment to sharing the gospel. We do that through kindness outreaches. We do it in our services. If your children come here and they go and they go through a, a part of our children's program, they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to know, we want them to know, you know, by the time they get to this grade or by this age or whatever, we want them to know what it means to be saved and know how to be saved. Now, we're not trying to push them into it. We just want them to know. And then we also give them the opportunity to make a decision. And they'll have that. A lot of times they'll come home to you and tell you they're ready. And that's awesome too. Well, we want them to clearly know what it means to be saved, be forgiven of their sins, to have a relationship with Jesus. We do that in every aspect of our church. It's something we've been committed to for a long time. And, you know, there's rarely a Sunday now where somebody doesn't look up at me and indicate they've prayed to receive Christ. There was a time where we went years, it felt like. Maybe it wasn't really that long, but it felt that way without anybody getting saved. And I had a person come up to me sometime and say, man, I I just feel bad for you. Nobody responds to the invitation. I mean, don't you get discouraged? And I said, well, I would rather, but I, I'm not called. I can't save anyone. My job's to be faithful in delivering the message. That's our job, is to be faithful in, in giving the gospel, giving people the opportunity to hear the gospel. What people do with it, it's on them. That's between them and God. And there have been times, where a long time, where it felt like nobody responded. You know, I, I, I feel like we're kind of, you know, one of the reasons there wasn't a big response when I told you we baptized 120 is because y'all kind of expect that. And, and I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you expect that. I would much rather be that than if I came and said, hey, we're baptizing somebody next week. And I'm like, what? what is, what's that? What are we doing? We're baptizing somebody? Who is it? Do I know them? you expect it Because that's part of our culture and part of who we are. Because we're faithful to the gospel. And you know what the word says? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw them into myself. Our job is to lift him up and let him draw people into himself. And our church has been faithful about that, and we're going to continue to be faithful in the future. Now, here's the biggest thing, and the thing maybe um, in some ways I'm most excited about. I've been at churches where they would talk about the good old days of the church. And I bet you have too. Man, there was back in the day... We had this happen, and these people got, you know, and we grew, and this blah, blah, blah. And you look around, man, that was a long time ago, huh? And they go, yeah, that was a long time ago. And even though we've been through some tough years, attendance-wise with the Rona and all that stuff, here's something I believe without a shadow of a doubt, and that is this, our best days are ahead. Our best days are ahead. Because God is going to continue to use in an even greater scale because there are fewer and fewer of them, God's going to continue to use churches that are faithful to teaching and preaching the Word of God without apology. And if you've been here long enough, you know, I don't apologize for the Word. I'll preach it all. If if the Bible says it's a sin, we'll call it a sin. That's what the Word of God tells us. Be faithful to the Word of God. Be faithful in unity. Be faithful in giving. Be faithful to the gospel. And when when you do those things... You do those things individually, God's going to bless you. And when we do them corporately as a church, God's going to bless our church. God sends people here all the... I mean, who the funk that we would see somebody saved in London, England? I mean, was that on anybody's bingo card for 2021? I bet it wasn't. It wasn't on mine. I mean, that's that's Unbelievable. And we constantly have, God sends people here that we've, we have no idea where they came from or how they got here. But God sends them here. And you want to know why God, why God does that? Because he knows they're going to find people that love them and are open and are glad that they're here. And they're going to hear the good news about Jesus, period. Look, you can go to all kinds of churches if you just want to get your ears tickled. If you want to hear, you know, the latest um, self-improvement message or whatever, you can find those. They're not hard to find. But the sad thing, and I hate this, don't. I, I promise you I hate it, is there are not that many churches that are staying true to the Word of God. And some of them are staying true to the Word, but they're not staying true to the Gospel. They're not really reaching out and thank the lord we're one of those churches and that's because of you it's because of god's leadership because we seek to honor him in everything that we do and we appreciate i appreciate your faithfulness and i really believe man we're gonna see some great days ahead i want to read to you a passage from isaiah because i know some of you are like man i don't know you know we didn't know what this year was gonna be like and some of you are already like well what about i don't know man what if there's a crash what if What if gas gets to be $43 a gallon or, you know, what about, what if it turns into a wasteland or what if it turns into, you know, it's a wilderness and there's no path for me and I can't do this, I can't do that. I got a word for you. Write this verse down, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. It's two verses, write them both down. Here it is. Forget all that. God's been talking about things he's done, but forget all that. It is nothing. Compared to what I am going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. That's the word of God. Let that be your your word for 2022. Let that be the word for this church is see he is doing something new he has already begun man i'm excited about the days ahead are there are there things that are concerning in our culture and in our country absolutely but i want you to catch that part i will make a pathway i will create rivers in the dry wasteland We don't have to worry about those things. We need to learn how to trust God. Here's the thing for 2022. Be faithful. Be faithful in the little things. Be faithful in the big things. Be faithful. You know, one of the amazing things about following Christ is it is all about new beginnings. You know, the Word says anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. I want you to think about the phrasing of that sentence. It's not anyone who is in Christ, well, you're new now, but you're going to be old later on. It's constantly new. You know, in the Old Testament, the spies go into Jericho and it talks about Rahab the harlot and how she took him in and hid him. She's mentioned again in Scripture. She's mentioned in the 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 Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews. She's mentioned in the lineage of Jesus in Matthew, and she's not Rahab the harlot anymore. She's just Rahab, the ancestor of Jesus. She's Rahab who believed God. That's who she was. Her past was her past. And it was part of her story and part of her testimony, but it didn't define who she was. And your past doesn't have to define who you are either. Now you can't ignore it, you can't get away from it, it's there in the past, but it doesn't have to define who you are today, and it doesn't have to define who you're going to be when you wake up in the morning and you determine to be faithful to God's word. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things are become new. That's what that scripture says. All things are become new. That's what we love about New Year's. It's an opportunity to flip the page and start over. But let me tell you something that opportunity is there every day when we follow Jesus. Because every day, you're a new creation. Every day, old things are gone, all things are become new. Every day is a new opportunity. Now, if you're doing some things right now that you're not being faithful, change them. Become that person. You know what? One of the, some of the reasons why God's not blessing you is because you're not, your character and your life are not such that God could bless you. Now, none of us are perfect, but if you're walking in continued disobedience... Don't look around and say, God, how come you're not blessing me? God's saying, be obedient. Do what I tell you. That's where blessing comes from. It's through obedience and through faithfulness. Be faithful. You want to know how to get to where you want to be in 10 years? Get up tomorrow morning and be faithful and be obedient to God. That's how you get there. It's by every day getting up and being and becoming that kind of person. Man, I'm a little fired up. It's cool looking back and seeing what God did. And I'm excited about that. But let me tell you something, that's not the greatest year we're ever going to have as a church. We're going to baptize more people in the future. We're going to see greater attendance. We're going to see more people's lives change. We're going to see more marriages turned around by the power of Jesus. We're going to see people get set free from some stuff. Because guess what? That's what God does. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. How do you be a part of it? By being faithful. Just be faithful. Now, you want to be a part of that? Here's the number one thing. Do you have a relationship with Christ? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If you don't, we'll tell you how to do that. It's a simple thing. I, I get it. It may not be easy, but it's simple. It's simple in this regard. You've sinned and I've sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's three simple things you've got to know. Number one, you've got to admit that you're a sinner. I've sinned. Everybody's sinned. That's why Jesus had to come. The second thing is you've got to believe that Jesus is God's son. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross as a sacrifice for your sins and for mine. And he rose again on the third day. And when he did that, he proved that everything he said before that was true. He proved that he is the son of God. You can look at any other religion. Where's Buddha in the ground? Where's Muhammad in the ground? Dead. Maybe somewhere else. We're going to get there today. With their spirit, God created their spirits to be eternal, but they didn't have the power to beat death. Only Jesus did. Jesus beat death. So you got to believe that He's the Son of God. He wasn't just an ordinary man. He was God in the flesh. And the last thing is, you got to confess Jesus as Lord. When you put your faith in Him as your Savior, you got to confess Him as your Lord. And you know what? Here's the thing. The last thing I'd ever want to do, next to the last thing I'd ever want to do, is to make someone who was saved doubt that they're saved. But I want you to know that you had that moment where you trusted Christ and you confessed Him as your Savior and Lord and you asked for forgiveness of your sins. The thing that I would want to do even less than that is convince somebody that they're lost, that they're saved. You have to have a relationship with Jesus. If being a good person was good enough, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die on the cross. You have to know Jesus. You know what the Bible says? It says that many, Jesus said, many will say to me on that day when they come to heaven, but Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do that? And he's going to say, you never knew me. Away from me. See, God wants us to do good works. But that's not what gets you into heaven. It's knowing Jesus. And if you don't know him, I want to give you the opportunity to meet him today. You may have known a lot about him. You may have had a journey of following after, but you just have not gotten to that point where you've asked forgiveness of your sins, confessed belief in Jesus, and you've confessed him as your Lord. And if you've not done that, or maybe it's just something you've struggled with doubt about for a long time, get it settled today. If you want to know that your sins are forgiven, if you want to know you're right with God, and you want to know that your eternity is set in heaven with him, I want to lead you in just a brief prayer of salvation. You can repeat it after me, you can pray in your own words, but you don't have to leave here not knowing. You don't have to leave here the way you walked in. Would you all bow your heads, close your eyes please. If you'd like to pray that prayer with me, you pray it with me right now. Dear God in heaven, thank you for loving me. And thank you for Jesus. God, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and life. Cleanse me. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose on the third day according to scripture. So today, I trust Jesus as my Savior and I confess him as my Lord. Now, if you prayed that prayer today and you meant it, here's all I'm going to ask you to do. I just want you to look up at me right now and keep looking until I see you. Okay All right. Okay? All right. Now here's something that's important. I really want to encourage you to tell someone about your decision today. If you came with your parents for your child, I want you to tell your parents, right after church. If you'd like to tell one of us, there's a number on the screen. You can just text I did it to that number and we'll get in touch with you and set up a time to talk, whether it's on the phone or in person, about the next steps in following Jesus. We don't want anything from you. We just want to help you. There'll be a staff member here at the front right after the service. If you'd like to speak to someone today, you can do that. We'd love to hear from you. we love to sit down and talk to people about Jesus. And we'd love to do that with you. If you're interested in church membership and you're already saved and you'd like to meet with a staff member about membership, you can just text membership to that same number and we'll get in touch with you and set up a time to talk to you about our church and answer any questions you might have. And for all of us, hey, set whatever resolutions you want, but make sure... You're committed to faithfulness. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your love for us. We thank you for your Son, Jesus. And Father, I pray that you'd help each of us, Lord, to be faithful. Thank you for the faithfulness of those in this church, those who serve and those who give and those who come. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you, God, for giving us the means, the opportunity to reach others for your, your glory and for your kingdom. And Lord, we pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. You can find links to topics and scriptures discussed in this episode by looking at the show notes. You can find more information online at greenwood.church. If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to info at greenwoodbc.com.